theyeshiva.net. We say every morning in brachas, as I mentioned, right in the morning when we wake up, Elokai, Neshama Shenasata Bi, Tahirihi, Ata Varasa, Ata Yitzarta, Ata Nafachta Bi, Vata Meshamra Bekirbi. Literally, the translation is, it's very powerful words. In fact, in the mind of the Gemara, Moida'ani is not mentioned in Chazal, you know, right? Moida'ani was added later. Why? The Gemara says in Brachas, when a person wakes up, what does he say? That's what they would say right when they woke up. They didn't do Moida'ani. Why didn't they do Moida'ani? Because, this is interesting, in the time of the Chazal, the sleep, they felt, a lot of people when they woke up, that their hands were, they knew what happened with their hands while they were sleeping. So even before anything, they could mention Hashem's name. Moida'ani is one of the only times we will not mention Hashem's name. Why don't you mention Hashem's name? Because since the hands were not washed yet, Moida'ani you say before Natilis Yadayim. So therefore you don't want to mention Hashem's name in the Matzav of Tumma until you do Natilis Yadayim. After Natilis Yadayim, we say, Alekai Neshama Shanasata Bitohayrihi, later. There's those who say in Shul and those who say in the house, right, when they wake up, after Natilis Yadayim. But in Desman Hashas, they felt they could be careful with their hands, so therefore they would say, Alekai Neshama, right when they woke up, they didn't say, Moida'ami. So it was the first thing you say. By us, it's not Mamish, the first thing, it's after. What do these words mean? Literally it means, God, my God, the soul that you imbued into me is pure. Tahir is pure. You created it. You formed it. And you blew it into me. And you guard it within me, etc. Asks the Balatanya in different Maimorim. It should have said, Elakai. Neshama shenasata bi. Before describing it's pure, say that you created it. You created it, and then tell me what it looks like. It's pure. It's not pure before you created it. And then It's not pure before you created it. There's nothing there. First you say it's pure, and then you say you created it. The pshat is that tahirihi is before atabarasa. Before the neshamas and the pchina of barasa, it's tahira. What does that mean? It's pure before you created it. Because the neshama doesn't begin as a creation. The neshama begins as a chelek, a leka. So it's not creation. That's the difference between the neshama and everything else in the world. Everything else in the world is a gather of atabarasa. You created it. The neshama is not. The neshama is a lakus. It's divine. It's not part of the bri, it's part of the boire. It's not part of creation. It's so to speak the boire, exactly. It's a whole different type of reality. That's why the neshama's antennas are so sensitive. Because the neshama is not part of creation. The neshama is a realm of creator. It's a whole different prima. That's the base shente, no? Yeah. That's where it came from. Yeah. This is the base shente, yeah. So the first thing, Neshama Shanasata be Tahiri. It's pure. And what do we mean Tahiri in Aramaic? Tahiru is light. Tahiri means also not pure. It's bright. It's luminescent. It's part of the Oyrein Saif. It's tahir, It's full of light. When you imagine your soul, when you imagine yourself, you have to be able to close your eyes and see yourself as 
pure, infinite light. That's how you have to see yourself. Pure, infinite light. It's not a chilek of the Bria, it's a chilek of the Boire. Now there's stage B, this version 2.0 of the soul. Ata Barasa, Ata Yitzarta. Now it's a whole other process. The Neshama ultimately also becomes a Nivra, becomes a created being. But that's really what the Neshama morphs into. The, what the Neshama is in its origin is higher than a Nivra. It's a Chelek of Boya, Chelek of And essentially, just to put it in context, this is what a Muna means. This is what a Muna, maybe this belongs in the Muna Shiurim, but. Uh, since it's the Sugida skin and bay. So I'll mention it here. Many people make a mistake, I mean, I spoke about this in a few of the Shiurim, that Amuna means stupidity. The more stupid, the more Amuna. The less stupid, the less Amuna. In other words, Amuna means what they like to call in English blind faith. The more blind, the more faith. If you're completely blind, a lot of faith. If you open your eyes, the faith is over. You know, as long as you close your eyes, so it's a sell me the Brooklyn Bridge, sell me the Williamsburg Bridge, with the George Washington, with the Tappan Z, it goes on to hate. The moment you open your eyes, it's all over. That type of emunah is the weakest form of conviction that's possible. You know it's a Baba Misa. The one who told it to you knows it's a Baba Misa. Everyone is busy telling you that you have to believe Baba Misas, and that's how you're going to get Elam Haba. Woe if that is your God. Woe if that is your Judaism. Woe unto you if that is your level of conviction. Where it can't stand up to any scrutiny, to any investigation, to any logic, it's all over. The moment you start wondering, this is already heresy, you're going straight to Gehenna. Of course, such a person, if he would have grown up in a nice Muslim home in Iraq, who he would have been exactly on the same level like he is now. Because there's nothing that's based... He's not even looking for truth. On the contrary, in his distorted mind, truth is the greatest contradiction to Amunah. And that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. It's almost like if God himself would come down and say, no, 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 no. What you believe about me is not who I am. They would tell God, you're an Apicaitis. <laughs> Get out. Don't confuse our Judaism. We don't care who you are. We have our way of talking about you. It doesn't work. You can leave. It's fine. We have our way. We have our tradition. We have our Messiah. We don't go away from our Messiah. Even if God comes, it's not an issue. <laughs> it, it, it almost sounds like that in some situations. Like, I don't care for truth. Yeah? Somebody once asked somebody, he says, Tell me, if you had to choose between God and truth, who would you choose? And the man said, of course, God, what's the question? And he didn't realize how pathetic that is. If God is not synonymous with truth, it's worth nothing. It's not worth the piece. It's not worth a, t- a tissue is worth more than it. At least a tissue is not a lie. A tissue is a good thing. You, you wipe your nose with it. <laughs> it has some use. A God that's not synonymous with truth, it's a joke, it's a, it's a joke within jokes within jokes. So Emunah has nothing to do with the concept of being primitive, of, uh, of being blind. People say, I, I believe blindly. Don't be blind and stop believing. Who asked you? It's not what Emunah is. Emunah means conviction, certainty. So what is the real concept of Emunah? The real concept of Emunah is not inferior to logic. 
it transcends logic. What does it have to do? It has to do with neshama shenasat to be tahirihi behind atabarasa. You see, the Yisaitis of Yiddishkeit, the Jews didn't accept because they were blind. On the contrary, there's no religion in the world that encourages the use of the mind as much as Judaism. You can't expect, the whole culture of Talmud Bavli is you have to use your mind. So do you think it makes sense to tell people, use your mind infinitely, don't stop using your mind, but then when it comes to the soydus of everything of Yiddishkeit, suddenly there's no mind anymore. It doesn't work that way. If you have a religion that says don't think, fine, so religion says don't think. If you have a religion that encourages people to use their minds non-stop, which Yiddishkeit does, it sees the mind as as a tremendous gift of Hashem that's there to be used, suddenly when it comes to the Yisaitis of Yadus, you say, there's no mind anymore. Nasev and Nishma. What does Nasev and Nishma mean? Nasev and Nishma means we will do. Nasev just means blind faith. Nasev and Nishma means we will do. Right? Even before we understand the reason for it. On the contrary. When did the Jews say Nasev and Nishma? There were ten Makas, they went out of Mitzrayim, they experienced Kriyas Yamsov, they were standing at the mountain, and after Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Kriyas Yamsov, Moshe offered them the Torah, and they said, we don't have to know what it says in the Torah, Nasev and Nishma, we're ready to accept it. We want a relationship with Hashem. On the contrary, it was an extremely, uh, I'll give an exa- a very simple example so you'll understand. Let's say, you have a, uh, a personal trainer, right? The personal trainer saved your life. You were overweight, you were obese, you had high cholesterol, high blood pressure, you felt horrible, you were, you were on the verge of your death, you went up a flight of stairs, you couldn't breathe. And the personal trainer, Mama, she saved you, turned around your life, and he's been working with you for 15 years. And after 15 years, you feel like, uh, you feel like a mensch, you feel great, you feel awesome. And one day... Your personal trainer comes to you and he gives you an exercise to do. He says, okay, I want you for the next hour to do this and this. I want you to move your thumb, I don't know, uh, like this uh, 9,000 times. What would you do if you trust him? He's a personal trainer. You know how brilliant he was. You know how well he knows your body. So you might say, why? What's the point of this? I'm not in the mood. So he'll say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. You'll probably listen to him and you'll do it. Even though you may not understand how it works, you may not understand the benefit, you may not understand why he wants you to do it, and you may not be in the mood of it. It may be a good idea. A doctor gives you a prescription, yeah, and you go to the pharmacy and you take your prescription, and it's very, very bitter. You're not in the mood, nor do you understand how this medicine is going to get rid of the infection. But you do it, yeah? Why do you do it? Why do you do it? Because you're an idiot? Does it make sense to follow the doctor's prescription even though you don't understand? It makes sense. Why? Why? Why do you trust the doctor? He knows more than you. You have a history with him. He always helped you, right? A lot of people go to him. He has a good reputation. He helped you. He helped your wife. He helped your kids. He's a good doctor. But now let me ask you something. Somebody walks over in the street to you and sees that you're sneezing, Okay? And he says, here, go get this prescription and take it three times a day. You'd follow him? No. And if you do follow him, you're a shaita. And if you say, why should I follow you? And he'll tell you, emuna. Nasa v'nishma. Meflektish ke No, excuse me. Meflektish ke 
when I know somebody, right, is a good doctor. He's helped me, and he's here for me. But some guy in the street I meet, if I take you out of Mitzrayim, I liberate you from slavery, I split the sea for you, and I save you, and I show you this type of love, and then I say, I want a covenant with you. And you say, you know what, I'm in. I'm in. You don't have to, you don't have to tell me all the details. You don't have to tell me exactly what the mitzvahs are. I'm in. That was Nasa Vinishma. Your typhus. But still, the, the mushal with the doctor, there's an area that it is blind over there because you don't really know what he's giving you. Right. So but there is a place after Yediyah that comes in Munna. Okay. You don't know something. In Chanami. But it's not miyusad on blindness. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Part of Munna is the area that we don't really understand. Right. In Chanami. You're right. And I'm comfortable. The doc- and Fakert, let's say you tell the doctor, I don't take medicine without understanding how it works. He says, no problem, go to medical school. It just might take you 12 years, and by that time you'll probably be dead if you don't get rid of this infection. So it's Kedai to take the antibiotic, and then go study. Right? So you're going to tell a person, you need to be healthy, you need to be alive to be able to study. So therefore, ah, that itself means, if you're going to wait till you understand everything... Your soul also needs medicine. <laughs> it's not kedai to wait, and because fakert, if you'll take the medicine, you'll be able to be in a better position to understand. So how does that stem with the medrash or marshal, whatever it is, where the Hashem created the world? He went to each nation. He went to Esav, and he said, "What's in it?" He yeah. said, "Ritzicha." He says, "No, it's not for me." Yeah. Then he went to the Bnei Yisrael. He said, "Not said Benishma before the world was created, before before all these." Uh, History that you're talking about. No, I'll be shot by Har Sinai. Came. Isn't that much before? No, before, no. Before, isn't that the way they tell it in, in Shiva? No. Before, before Hashem created the world? No, no, before Har Sinai. Before Har Sinai. In other words, the Jews said, the Jews said, our relationship with God is not going to be conditional. Say, I don't want Ritzikha, you know, look to itself. What? But before the, he created the world. No, no, no. No? No, no. It says, Echzir al kalom of Elosh. Echzir al kalom of Elosh. But even when they said Naisa ben Ishma, it seems like it was it was still weak, that in Mu'na. Oh, then. Because in Shilporim, it took years. Okay, that was another union of Kafalayim. Okay, I'm saying, even there. Yeah, that's a whole other union of Kafalayim, what Kafalayim means, yeah. It was still That's why, yeah, the Gemara, when the Mishnah speaks about Kabbalah's oil, Kabbalah's oil, Malchus Shemayim, what does Kabbalah's oil, Malchus Shemayim mean? People quote the word Kabbalah's oil, but they miss the last two words. Except the yoke. The yoke of who? Of Malchus Shemayim. If I come with you, I take a washing machine, I put it on one shoulder, I take another washing, I put another shoulder, and I say, walk the rest of your life with two washing machines. You say, you're crazy? I say, yeah, Kabbalah's oil. A yid carries a yoke. <laughs> Kabbalah's oil, a yid carries a yoke. That's exactly what it sounds like. Sometimes parents or teachers tell a child to do something. Children are smart. They say, it doesn't make sense. It's a foolish thing. It's corrupt. It's unjust. What do you tell the child? We don't ask any questions. We accept the yoke. What do they accomplish by this? 
the child learns that Kabbalah Sa'al means any corruption, any stupidity. If somebody's in a bad mood, or in a, having a bad day, or a bad temper, their excuse to cover up for not thinking, and for doing something stupid is, Kabbalah Sa'al. We take a precious concept of Judaism, and we make it hated by the person. Whenever he hears now the word Kabbalah Sa'al, he shrinks. He feels it's synonymous with abuse. Because it was used in an abusive way. Instead of saying, you know, I'm having a bad day, I'm sorry. We use beautiful words, Kabbalah Sal. Kabbalah Sal has two words, Malchus Shamayim. What's that Malchus Shamayim? Malchus Shamayim means, if a child appreciates the fact that God created him, and God loves him unconditionally, and God wants him to live the most successful, happiest, fulfilled life, and he gives him prescriptions. So even if I'm not in the mood of doing what my personal trainer wants me to do, or what my doctor wants me to do, or I may not understand exactly how it works, I will happily embrace the yoke. Why? Because this yoke is the best thing for me to do. The stupidest thing for me to do is say, I don't do things if I don't understand them fully, and I'm not in the mood. If the only time you would come to a shear, you would go to the gym, is when you're in the mood, you know what you would look like. The power of a person is that I could do things when I'm not in the mood. So what? You're not in the mood. You don't want to be limited. Kabbalah's oil frees you. It frees you from having to know everything and having always to be in the mood. But it's not, it's not an idea of abuse, of crushing a person. Fakert. It's to bring out the greatness of a person. The best of a person. Yeah. Somebody once asked an interesting question. He said, you know, there's two types of uh, relationships. People go to prison, and they have a prison warden. And the prison warden whips them into shape. You don't show up on time, you go to solitary confinement. He really whips them into shape. You're in prison for 15 years, Khalila, you go out of prison, will you ever, you'll call up the prison warden before Rosh Hashanah and say, I just want to call you, which you're never going to mention his name on your lips. And when you do mention him, it's going to come with a few titles that are not so complimentary. The same thing happens in the army. People go to the army, and they have a commander who puts you in a boot camp. And if you don't salute the right way, it's 150 push-ups. And if you don't show up for training, yeah, he'll take away supper from you. And you leave the army, and you'll always talk about your commander, and you're going to call, up one, call him up once a year to wish him happy Hanukkah and a good year. Why? They both tortured you. The answer is the prison warden tortured you in order to torture you. And the commander in your platoon challenged you in order to make you a man, to make you a soldier. They both tortured you. They both put you through difficult situations. One wanted to destroy you. He wanted you should feel like a prisoner, a shmata. And one wanted to bring out your greatness. And there's no greatness that is created without tremendous challenge and without stimulation and without difficult moments. There's no difficulty. It's a whole different experience. Kabbalah's El Malchus Shamayim is there to enhance you. It's there to turn you into the greatest possible person. It's not there to crush you or destroy you. It's all different concept. That's why you can't talk about Kabbalah soil if you don't talk, first talk about God. If you don't explain people what God is, what Torah, what mitzvahs is, becomes worthless. People think Kabbalah soil means the more pressure, the better. The more terror, the better. And the more you feel horrible, the better a Jew you are. Some people think that they have this idea that every agmas nefesh you have is an achas ruach for Hashem. What a horrible statement to tell people. Every time you suffer, God smiles. 
What a beautiful thing. It's a way of legalizing suffering. The more I make you suffer, the more you're going to have an Olam Haba. I could abuse you, can abuse your family, I could torture you. And remember, every time you say, Ay, this is horrible, more Olam Haba. And there's nobody here to prove it, so it works. How do you know there's no more Olam Haba? This is a horrible thing. The more you suffer, the happier God is. And then a second later you have to say, Vahaftas Hashem You should love God. This one who smiles every time you suffer. And for every suffering, every krechs more Olam Haba. Come on. Yeah? You, can, you can't create normal people like Why this. Why do you think everything is out of Egypt? Since we suffered so much in Egypt. No, so that's why we think. Oh, you mean because he threw us into Egypt? Yeah. Well, what do you mean? I mean, we went down to Egypt, but Tara is the one who enslaved the Jewish people. I mean, well, to, we, we lived in Poland, but it was the German... Oh, now it's time to take you out? It doesn't make sense, logical sense. What doesn't make sense? Like some put us there in the first place, he's saying. Well, he, you mean... Yeah, thank you, thank you for telling us out. But uh, it would have been nice if you didn't put us there in the first place. He did well, it, he did it. One day, fine. When did you, you mean he told Yaakov to go down there? Yeah, but the, 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 the genocide... But the genocide of, of the Jewish people was parai. I mean... Okay, now you're asking the question of why God allows there to be suffering in the world. That's a good question. That's beyond the confinements of this year. Right, okay. Fine, you're asking a good question. Why does God? Why does a good God allow suffering in the world? Fine, that's a wonderful question. They're in Okay, fine, to purify them. But the point is, the point is to tell people that the more I abuse you, the more you should be happy. Because you go to Menachas Ruach it's not a fear thing to say. Because you put people in such a prison, they're not allowed to protest against any torture. Because every time they're tortured, it's, a, it's more, more Leviathan and Elam Haba. What? Those who do it, they're real father. Now, Right, Pyro, you're saying Pyro was better. Okay, fine. Okay. There's a lot of issues coming out here, you understand, yeah? Yeah, Pyro said, I don't know God. I'm the boss. You're saying when people say, it's not even me, I'm just working for Hashem. I'm working for Hashem, so that's why I put your house on fire, because I work for Hashem. Okay. So, you're in a safe place. Huh? This is not a safe place? Okay. What what makes you not feel safe over here? What? Huh? The camera's on me, don't worry. The camera's only on me. I'm the only villain in this room. Nobody else is. The camera's only on me. It doesn't get turned around anywhere. It doesn't even show him or him. And these two are anyway off the hook. Because they're... They're not in Zida. Baruch Hashem. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. So... What's the Nakuda? So what is a Muna? 
What is a Muna? What is really a Muna? A Muna never competes with Seichel. A Muna is something that's deeper than Seichel. It's Neshama Shanasatabi Tahirahi before Atta Barasa. In the world of Barasa, that's where intellect has to play a role. You live in the world and now you wonder where did this world come from? Who created the world? Who is responsible for every detail and nuance of the design of the entire universe and all of its details? So with your mind, you come to an awareness that there's a creator, there's a soul behind creation. There's a consciousness in creation. That's Seichel. Emunah is, the neshama is part of the boire. Since the neshama is part of the boire, the neshama experiences the creator like you experience yourself. How do you know that you exist? How do you know that you exist? I'm going to prove to you that you don't exist, okay? So, okay, I'm going to prove to you that you don't exist, okay? So I'll prove it to you. And then you're going to go away from the shield and say, oh my God, I don't exist. So you're going to come home, and you're going to tell your wife, I don't exist. You might say, I always said that. <laughs> Thank God, the rabbi proved it to you. So now you're going to walk around and say, can anybody prove to me that I exist? And somebody is going to answer and slug up my proofs, and say, ah, Baruch Hashem, I feel I exist now. This usually doesn't happen. Why doesn't that happen? Because the feeling that you exist is not something that's subjected to questions or answers. Even if I ask you a question on your existence, it's not going to make you feel you exist less, unless you have other issues. But if you don't have other issues, you know that you exist. How do you know? Because of Psasvada. Because it's you. You know that you exist. First of all, you see your existence, you feel your existence, you experience your existence. Can we say we're all crazy? Yes, we could say that. If you want, you can argue anything. But we all know what we exist. Are there questions in our existence? Trust me, a lot of questions. If you'll speak to quantum mechanics physicists, they'll prove to you that you don't exist. It's all imagination. Nothing exists. A cup doesn't exist. Once you leave your house, your house doesn't exist. You only, your house exists only when you're in it. The moment you leave your house, it doesn't exist. And when a tree falls in the forest and nobody is there, it doesn't make a sound either. It only makes a sound when you're there. Okay, they can explain this to you. But you're not going to question your existence. And then you're going to say, oh, now you gave me an answer. Now I know that I exist. That's what Emun is. Emunah is, the neshama is part of the boide, it's not part of the nivra. So the neshama experiences the creator like you experience yourself. A question doesn't weaken emunah, and an answer doesn't strengthen emunah. And that's the yisoid of emunah. This is how the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe wants to find emunah, al-piteris ha-nister. Emunah is azach, was akasha machtas nitschwacher, und ateretz machtas nitschtarker. Probably the best definition for emunah. A question doesn't weaken it, and an answer doesn't strengthen it. If emunah would mean like people think, you believe, of course a question weakens it. I ask you a question, ooh, ooh, it's a good question. And then when I answer it, Baruch Hashem, I have an answer. But that's not emunah, that's seichel. That's a different path. The path of intellect. You ask a question, ooh, good question. You have an answer, good answer. Emunah means the soul is divine. The soul experiences the divine. You'll ask questions from Hein Bismarck. Ask me a thousand questions how I feel I exist. Good questions. It's not going to weaken your sense of existence. Emunah doesn't compete with intellect. Emunah transcends it. It doesn't need it. Intellect serves a tremendous role in life. It takes you to a certain place. Till the door. And then Seichel says, I can't pass the door. Now I give it over to Emunah. Emunah comes from the neshama of Tahira, which is before Atabarasa. It's a different p'china. 
Emunah is lamayla menasechel. It's not lamata menasechel. Never competes. Anybody who thinks emunah means we don't believe in thinking doesn't understand what emunah is. Thinking is a tremendous gift. And the mind has to be used. The mind can reach a certain point, And it can't go further. The mind can't experience God. The mind can prove that there is a God. What God is, how does the mind know? The mind doesn't understand Hashem. Emunah is the experience of the neshama as a chelakalakamimah. That's a whole different thing. And that's why when it comes to Emunah, there's no difference between Jews. The greatest and the smallest have exactly the same Emunah, because Emunah is a quality of the soul. It doesn't have even to do with observance. It's not like a Frum Jew has more Emunah, and a secular Jew has less Emunah. That doesn't exist in the world of Emunah. In the world of Seichel, a person could know more, know less. A person can do more, learn, do less. A person can observe more, observe less. A person can learn more, learn less. In the world of Echelik Alekami Mal, it's all identical. There's no difference. The same concept as a Seichel Kalami? Similar, yeah. Why effect? Because it's the nature of the soul. It may be hidden. He may not be in touch with his soul, but it's the nature of the soul. But the Frumju may also not be in touch with his soul. Sometimes much less. A person, there's no such a thing a person doesn't have a muna. A person may not be aware of his muna. It's like, I, I, if there's music, my ears will hear it. I could plug my ears and not hear music. But if I just open up my ears, I'll hear the music. A muna is a skill. It's a chush of the neshama. It's antennas that every soul has. If you cover the antennas, you plug your ear, you close, you blindfold your eyes, you won't see. But well, you don't have to. You don't have to create. The, you don't have to create it. Amuna is not created. There's no Jew in the world who has fakus in Amuna, even Lenny. There's no Jew in the world who has fakus in Amuna. You know why? You can't have fakus in Amuna. Amuna is the color of your soul. Amuna is you have a chelik alekamimal. You can't have fakus in Amuna. You can have fakus in seichel, not in Amuna. You understand? People say I have fakus in Amuna. You don't have fakus in Amuna. No Jew ever had Sveikas in Amunna. No Jew will ever have Sveikas in Amunna. Sveikas in Amunna means doubts in Amunna. You can't have a doubt in your Amunna. Your soul is divine. There's no doubt there. You have Sveikas in processing the concepts intellectually. But, no problem. But Amunna is never affected. And this is identical in every single Jew. There's no difference. When you look at a Jew and you say, as a goy, that's somebody who doesn't understand the Yisaitis of all of Pnimi Yisatayra. Anybody who even tasted, not 10%, anybody who even tasted one tip of Amtayra Sabal Shamtif would not look at a Jew and say, I is a goy. You don't speak like that. It means you don't understand what a Jew is. For you, a Jew means a strimal. That's not what a Jew is. Where? What does Lavush have to do with Amunah? I don't know what they taught you about red things. Levushim are fine. What's up with Amuna? Huh? An atheist Jew also has Amuna. His mind is saying he doesn't believe. His mind. Fakert, you want to see? Sometimes you see the biggest Amuna in atheist Jews. You know that, yeah? You know why? you'll see that atheist Jews are not regular atheists. Atheist Jews deny God with tremendous passion. You ever saw that? Okay, let's get to know them. 
You have a lot around you, don't worry. You don't have to go... Uh, some people with levushim are also atheists. Jews who are atheists, you'll see, they deny God with religious fervor. Their atheism is a religious atheism. You know why? Because it's coming from their amunah. <laughs> you could love your wife, you can hate your wife. You can't ignore your wife. MS, anybody here knows how to ignore their wife? You could try for a day. It's not going to work. You can love your wife, you can hate your wife. You can love your husband, you can hate your husband. You can't ignore your wife. It will eat up on your kishkas. Why? Because she's your wife. Jews can love God. Jews can hate God. Jews don't know how to ignore God. They never did. They don't know how to ignore Him. I was once at a lecture, I was talking about a and Hashem. So somebody gave a scream, He doesn't exist! I said, so what are you getting so upset about something that doesn't exist? I never saw somebody get so angry about something that doesn't exist. Relax! It doesn't exist! Because it sits inside of him, so he has to deny it with tremendous passion. Jewish atheism is religious. In fact, all Jews are religious. Jews don't know how to be not religious. Some Jews are religious by being religious, and some Jews are religious by being anti-religious. But they're also religious. They're anti-religious with religious fervor, the same passion. And sometimes they're more religious than the religious. Because their whole religion comes out in their anti-religion. You'll see Jewish liberals are unique type of liberals. Jewish atheists are unique type of atheists. The Rebbe was once talking about uh, the issues with the Arabs and this. So he said, as a Yidin habna Jews have a koyach and slamaila minadas. They took that koyach and instead of using it on Hashem, they used it on Arafat. They'll believe in them, even if it's not rational. They're destroying you. What are you giving him? He wants to blow you up with your wives and children. Emuna. He means well. He wants peace. They used the koyach of a Jew. They used it on Arafat, on the Arabs. But it's the same Indian. It's this conviction that's unbelievably powerful. It's just you're playing the wrong song. Use a Muna for God, not for Arafat and for, for Islamists who want to destroy you and your families. You have to use a little Seichel, not your Muna over there. You're Typhus? You're not Typhus. That's fine. There's no Bechira by No. Stock. Call it stock. I don't know, I don't know why you want to call it stock. If he's on a shama, it's a chelik elikami ma. Do you have to hear it to experience that you exist? Unless you, you, you'll erst exist. You'll erst exist. You're going to feel yourself like you never did, especially if you fall in a certain place. Exchanging the word emuna to das. No. No. Emuna is like when you see something. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. I think I gave this example one of the shiur. A Jew, a Jew is, uh, you'll see, people will read Sifri Chsidis, uh, especially like the Zidit Shreve, other Sifri Chsidis, and they'll always say, Chas V'Shalom, to go with your Seichel. Only a Mune, Mune, Mune. So people read this, and they say, you see? You see, all these conversations are against Yiddishkeit. The main thing is a Mune, not to think, not to think. So let me, let me give you an example. Your father is taking you to your chuppah. 
He takes you to your chuppah. They start singing, and you go into the chuppah. And you turn to your father and say, Why are you holding me? Verbistu. And you want to, I'm your father. You say, I'm not sure. Let's go do a DNA test. Let's test the DNA. Let's match it. Your father looks at you. He said, I don't understand. You're 21 years old. We gave birth to you. We raised you. We had mysterious nephesh for you. I paid every bill. I nurtured you. I sheltered you. I educated you. Everything. I bought now a house. I'm going to support you in Kailu for the next 39 and a half years. For starters. I'm paying for your chasana. Me and my, your mother and I sacrificed your life. When you were three years old, there was an emergency. You had to be in a hospital for three months. I was there. Yoyman Valayla. You come to me now and you want a DNA match? When I'm taking you to your chuppah? You say, I'm not sure you're my father. Okay, okay, let's go get a DNA match. So we go, we stop the chuppah, DNA, we, ah, I'm your father. Baruch Hashem. Now I can go to the chuppah with you. Now I know you're my father. You say, this kid has some issues. Why? Why? What's wrong? What's wrong is, I want to ask you a question. If you grew up with a father, especially, I'm not talking about a a father who was functional and loving and, and good, and at least half normal. Let's not do 100% normal. Okay, at least 50% normal. Okay, and if you could be as normal as that with your kids, if you could make 50% say, you have a father, yeah? Yeah, and I'm a father. So now I ask you, have a father, have a mother. If my mother goes, my father should not for no members, but I have a mother. So my mother goes and she tests DNA and she shows me and she says, Look, I'm your mother. I proved it. It's going to be moist of something in my relationship with my mother. It's nothing. It, it, it doesn't add anything. I grew up with this woman. I know this woman from the moment in the womb and out of the womb. It's my mother. I know. Now you have proof. So it's like the guy who came out of a base Meshagoyim. He was in an institution for six years. And you have to get it settled that you're healthy. So the doctor said, we determined that you're healthy, you can go out. So he would walk in the street, he would stop people, and he would say, are you normal? They would say, yeah. He would say, prove it. <laughs> they say, we don't have proof. He said, I have proof. <laughs> the doctor says, I'm normal! So you understand that I'm more normal than everybody else. I'm the only one who has documentation that I'm normal. Oy vavoy, to that normalcy, right? My mother has proved that she's my mother. Oy vavoy, that's how I know she's my mother from DNA. But what happens if you're an adopted kid? What happens if you don't have a father and mother? You're an adopted child, you're a tinik shenishba. You never knew your father and mother. And one day a woman comes over to you and says, Shalom Aleichem, ich bin da mama. You say, excuse moi. She says, let's go do DNA. Ah, now the DNA is chashev. Now the DNA is everything. Now with DNA, you have proof she's your mother. You need it. You know why you need it? Because you never knew who she was. That's the difference of emuna and seichel. Seichel is like you'll prove it through DNA. You'll prove through DNA that God exists. You'll prove through DNA that Torah is You'll prove all these things. Beautiful. That's if you're Tinnik Shanishba. If you never grew up with God, if you never felt God, if you never experienced God, you need DNA. 
But Yidin who lived with God every moment, they saw it, they experienced it. Now you're going to start sitting me and give me shiurim on the muna, basics of a muna, does God exist, how to prove? Come on! It's like my mother's going to come to me and prove to me she's my mother. Oy vavoy! But what if I didn't grow up with my mother? Yes, you need DNA. That's the difference, you understand? So it's not a stira. Emunah is not afraid of DNA. If my mother tells me, if my father tells me by the chuppah, you want to go get DNA? Go get DNA. But trust me, you don't need it. Say, oh, you're afraid. You're, I'm not afraid. It's not going to be moist if anything. If my father and mother prove to me that I'm their child, now finally I'm going to develop an emotion. <laughs> Imagine your mother comes to you with a, a letter a letter of DNA. She proves she's your mother. Now, oh, now finally in my mother. It's not moist. Emun is azach, akasha, machtes nitshtarke, Atenitz machtes nitshtarke, akasha machtes nitshtarke, atenitz machtes nitshtarke. You're not going to develop deeper feelings or conviction that she's your mother as a result. Not because you're afraid of it. You're not afraid. My mother's not afraid to get a DNA match. She knows what the answer is going to be. She's my mother. Emun is never afraid of investigation. It doesn't need investigation. The soul experiences its mother. It experiences its father. But we don't have that always. Huh? We are now like adopted. We're adopted, yeah. especially some of us. So yeah. You still have it, but it's completely not revealed. So you have to start. You search. It's there. And you'll get there also. But there's a search. Now you can't tell somebody, Who do you need it? Get it out. But this kid doesn't know anything about his father, about his mother. Show him that there's a relationship, there's a connection, it exists. That's why people think there's a big fight between it's not. If you understand the Oymaka Inyan, it's two beautiful concepts, beautiful experiences. And in the world of Amunah, it's not that you're afraid of Seichel. No parent is afraid of getting a DNA test. They know what the results are going to be. It's just not going to add anything. It's not going to enhance your experience of fatherhood. If my child tells me, Tati, I hate you, and I wish you weren't my father, it ever happens to you? I wish somebody else was my Tati. I say, wait, 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 wait! I go, I do a DNA, and I say, look! And what do you think the child's going to say? Oh, now I love you, you're the best thing in the world. Like my level, I made it. Big deal. It's not, we're not dealing with that level. You understand? It's not Moisif. It's not Goyrei. It's a whole different... He experiences me. Fakert, he's upset at me because I'm his father. If I wouldn't be his father, he wouldn't be able to be upset. Your father, you could say, you hate. In an orphanage, kids don't tell the people that they hate them. Because they don't have the security. When you're secure with somebody, you say, I hate you. Because you know they're not leaving you tomorrow. In an orphanage, kids don't say, I hate you. Because there's no security. You understand? So that's the Tupchinus of the Neshama. There's the Neshama, Tahirihi... That's a Muna. Then there's Atta Barasa. That's already where Seichel comes in. That's a different Pchina. And both are true. In one world, there's a Muna. Why? The soul sees it. The soul experiences it. It's like you have eyes. You see it. If he's going to ask me, somebody's going to prove to me that the Moshe is in Australia. So it can't be. I saw him by the Shear. You'll say, no, Akasha, I'll prove to you that he's in Australia today. Is it going to weaken my awareness that he was here? No. And if somebody comes up with a teretz, say, oh, now it makes sense. Like my level of murdered. It's a good kasha, it's a good teretz. I see him here. Unless I'm crazy, which may be, which may be, 
Huh? I could say I'm crazy, but if I, if I want to rely on my eyes, there's no question in the world that's going to make me doubt that he's here. It may be a great question. That's what a moon is. The soul sees, the soul experiences. So you have a question, good question. Do I have an answer? If it's real Amunah, there's no question. Yeah, exactly. You're right, you're right. You're right. For the Jew who saw God, who danced with Hashem every day, it's like, really? You're not going to talk about DNA? Intelligent design, evolution, <laughs> this, we're going to prove it, astronomy, cosmology, science, biology. Really? We're going to go to a biologist to prove that you're my father? Well, I sit with my father all day. You're right. It's insulting. That's why they were very upset. They were very, very upset. There were those who wrote terrible about investigations and seichel. There was a famous argument between Zidichayva and the Bnei Yisoscha. You're familiar? Rabbi Herschel Zidichayva. Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Rattenberg's uh, Zayda, right? The Zidichayva. You're familiar with him, yeah? Some of you grew up probably with these names, no? Huh? Not with the Titus. Reb of Zidichayv. He was called Sar Beis Azoy. He was one of the great Chachmei. From the big, uh, big daily Yisrael of his days. In the 1800s. Reb Herschel Zidichayv. So he has a lot of Svarim. So he has a Sefer. It's called Sur Meirav Asetayv. He goes out. Against everybody. Including the, including the Rambam and the Chayv Salavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavav
What's, what's, what, what are you making, Litzamas? It's like by the chuppah. Your father had mysterious nefesh for you for 20, 30 years, and now suddenly you want DNA? You want proof? Disgusting. Your mother kept you for three years in her bed because you didn't stop crying the whole night. And even after that, till you were 11, she went to you 20 times a night to give you a bottle. And then suddenly you're like, prove to me and my mother, let's look in the stars. <laughs> let's go to a scientist. But if you're, if you're not in that state... So every yid has this, but it could be concealed. And when it could be concealed, it has to be in this gala. Which question? Huh? No. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Now I understand why some people can't grasp the idea of the need of the the Ayid that has a fire to Hashem, he's like, what are you investigating? That's what is, right? I was troubled by some people that can't understand why. But there's another reason. But there's another reason why people can't understand. You're being Malamet Schos. You're being Malamet Schos. It's important to remember there's another story happening. And that is because many people believe that Emuna has to be insecure. That's a whole different problem. This Emuna is not insecure. This Samuna is very secure. My mother is not afraid of getting a DNA match. She just doesn't need it, and I don't need it. You understand? I'm not, a real Amuna is not afraid of questions. If you're ever afraid of questions, is a problem. Amuna doesn't need questions. Doesn't need answers. They have neshamas. Ungere shiyid, you think don't have neshamas? It's not blind. Every yid has a neshama. Ababa, all your babas that said to Hillel, and this, they had a neshama. It wasn't stam. They were blind. You understand? They were connected. Of course, they were connected. They weren't blind people. You understand? But the big maminim are not afraid of questions. The Rambam also was connected. He didn't ask questions because he wasn't connected. He wanted that the seichel shouldn't block the amuna. You understand? He didn't ask questions because he was not connected. The Rambam, the Chavis Alavavis, they didn't want the seichel should block the amuna. They wanted the amuna should permeate the intellect also. It shouldn't be two worlds. In the world of amuna, yeah? In the world of seichel, I don't get it. It should all be one. It could be concealed, it has to be in this gala. Which question? Huh? No. Oh. Yeah, you're right.
now I understand why some people can't grasp the idea of the need of the moon of the choice. They grew up with God all the They can't understand why. The Bismillahmet Schos. The Bismillahmet Schos. The Bismillahmet Schos, huh? I see it. Ayid that has a fire to Hashem. He's like, what are you investigating? That's what is. Right? I was troubled by some people that can't understand why. Those but there's another reason. But there's another reason why people can't understand. <laughs> You're being Malamut Schos. You're being Malamut Schos. It's important to remember there's another story happening. And that is because many people believe that Amuna has to be insecure. That's a whole different problem. This Amuna is not insecure. This Amuna is very secure. My mother is not afraid of getting a DNA match. She just doesn't need it, and I don't need it. You understand? I'm not a real Amun is not afraid of questions. If you're ever afraid of questions, is a problem. Amun doesn't need questions. Doesn't need answers. They have neshamas. You think don't have neshamas? It's not blind. Every yid has a neshama. Ababa, all your babas that said to Hillim, and this, they had a neshama. It wasn't stam, they were blind. You understand? They were connected. Of course they were connected. They weren't blind people. You understand? But the big maminim are not afraid of questions. The Rambam also was connected. He didn't ask questions because he wasn't connected. He wanted that the seichel shouldn't block the amuna. You understand? He didn't ask questions because he was not connected. The Rambam, the Chavis Alavavis, they didn't want the seichel should block the amuna. They wanted the amuna should permeate the intellect also. It shouldn't be two worlds. In the world of amuna, yeah? In the world of seichel, I don't get it. It should all be one. People think the Baal Shemtiv said after everything, I want to be a fool. Baal Shemtiv says, I want after all the seichel, what I want is a muna. Dveikos. I want to go inside the door. Yeah, not the Bashemtiv was the one who wasn't afraid of seichel. Bashemtiv was a genius. You understand? Amun is not lower than Seichel. Amun is higher than Seichel. Amun is not inferior. That's the difference between Muslims, Christians, cults. What's the difference of a cult and a maimon? It's exactly the same thing. He has blind faith. The Jew has blind faith. Exactly the same thing. What's the difference? He's in a cult. He's in a cult. The difference is in a cult, they're afraid of questions. They will not allow you to sit with somebody who has questions. Why? Because he's going to put Sveikas into you. Exactly. On the other hand, the mission says Dama Shatoshev. Lapikaitis, no? You have to know what to answer. And what if the Apikaitis is inside? And what if the Apikaitis is inside of you? By saying you're not allowed to speak to an Apikaitis, what do you do? I'm asking you. What if the question is inside of you, not inside of him? That's the matzav today. Building a deeper home If you don't learn how to talk to that part of you, what happens? You become a, You are! You are! You just block it. So what do you help? You helped somebody? You didn't help anybody. Why, why do people have the need to? Huh? The what? 
inside. If that because is outside, he's on tape. If he's inside, what? said that the Kreitzliga, the Jews who didn't ask questions, they went to the fire. The, no. Everybody who tried to... Rabbi Yosef Yaivitz writes this, that, uh, that uh, the Jews in Spain, a lot of them converted to Christianity. Half, some say half of the Jews of Spain. In Germany and France, they went on Messias Nefesh. So they wrote, because in Spain they were all into philosophy. They were all into philosophy. In Germany, the Ashkenazim were not into philosophy. The Sephardic Jews in Spain were very into philosophy. That's a whole other Indian. In other words, what happened was, their seichel was milam on their amuna. <laughs> By the Ashkenazim, their seichel was a milam on their amuna. That's what happened. They were saying, we only use the seichel to come to them. If I cared. Amuna is beyond seichel. What happened is, they got caught up in the whole world of philosophy. They got caught up. How could they get caught up in huh? the Levusha? What? What Levusha? You think a Jew who wears a suit and a Jew who wears a kapot is different levels of amuna? Mm -hmm. That's what they taught you? I don't know what that means. A lavush may be a beautiful thing. Because if you don't follow Messiah, you don't believe. They don't understand what a moon is. A moon is not, a, is not an Indian of... A moon is not something you do or you don't do. A yid has a moon. Every Jew. Every Jew has a moon. This is the Yisoyed of Tol Teres HaBashamtev. Somebody who doesn't understand this, the whole Yisoyed of the Balshamtiv is missing. It's not the Yisoyed of Yiddishkeit. Balshamtiv explained it. Every Jew has a Muna. Is there anything to it? The Gemara says in Masech Shabbos Tzadik Zayin, Moshe said, V'hein lo yaminuli. So Hashem told him, Yidna ma'minim b'nei ma'minim. A Gemara in Shabbos, not a Chesidosh Sefer. Ma'minim b'nei ma'minim. Huh? <laughs> is there anything to the Levish at all? Which Levish? <laughs> yeah, it's a nice what thing, but what's up to with Amun? Just the uniform? Nice what? Just a nice thing. Just ask that. Which Levush? Rabbi, Rabbi, can we all show up tomorrow in t-shirts and shorts? Hello, I want to know if I'm going to go to Levish. I want to know if I'm going to go to Levish. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.